Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Scripture in Black and White. Uh, so glad that you are listening with us. Hopefully you heard last week's episode. We kind of left you on a little bit of a cliffhanger because we're going to get into uh, the next session. But before we get into that, Bobby, good to see you, my man. Anthony, good to see you. Uh, this is one of those conversations that uh, we need to have uh, because it's so important to honor uh, King Jesus and live the kind of lives he wants us to live in obedience. But it's also one of those conversations that part of me doesn't want to have because mm-hmm. I know some people are going to struggle with what we're going to say today. But we just love people. We love God. And uh, because of love, we want to we want to share what what God really says and and what, what it means to honor his holiness and to be righteous people the way he wants us to be. Certainly. certainly. So, so, brother, we we uh, as we prepared, you're going to start us off, so jump in. All right, all right. So sometimes what Jesus uh, teaches is just very difficult for us uh, because we are in flesh. We have our own desires. We have the things that we want to do. Uh, And so sometimes the tendency would be, well, as long as I'm, you know, attending service regularly, I'm good. Or as long as I claim that, you know, Jesus is is Lord, as long as I call on him, uh, I'm all right. I'm okay just in kind of being a good person. And Jesus himself addresses some of that mentality in Matthew chapter seven uh, and around verse number 21, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the ones who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And did we not drive out demons in your name and not perform miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. Wow. And so, again, the tendency can be, you know, as long as I claim him uh, as as Lord, as long as I call on him as Lord, I'm good. I, I don't have to necessarily do the hard teachings of those things that challenge me. I just kind of need to you know, I'm, I'm a good person. I got a good heart. And Jesus speaks to that. One, one uh, person in scripture that kind of reminds me of that uh, is the rich young ruler. Um, he's recorded in uh, the Gospels. Um, he was a young man um, who was rich and a ruler. And I know that sounds kind of obvious, but when we look at that contextually, um, to be young um, and, and have status uh, was kind of different, um, but also he's handled himself financially well. He's he's wealthy. Um, he's got authority. Nice young man. But let me read to you what what happened with him. He comes across Jesus, and I'm in Matthew 19, and around verse number 16. Behold, one came to him and said, "Good teacher." What good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. And he said to him, which ones? Jesus said, 
You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? So not only was he rich and young and a ruler, but he's also one who is a pretty good guy. He's kept the commandments from his youth. So so he's he's a good guy. He's someone that we probably if we had come across him, we would probably want our kids to kind of look up to this young man. Look at what he's doing. He's a good young man. But now Jesus says to him in verse 21, if you want to be perfect, go and sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. So just for clarity, the the prescription here was if you desire to be perfect, go sell what you have and give it to the poor and then come follow me. But the, when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. So this is a great kind of line of demarcation here for this guy, because he, even though he kept the commandments, he's young and successful. Uh, he loved his possessions more than he loved following Jesus. And, and that was where he turned away. And what I find sometimes, even with uh, a lot of young people uh, today, but just a a lot of people in general, we want to kind of stand on the side of Christians, on the sideline of Christianity to say, hey, I'm good. I'm a good person. I'm morally good. I, I, you know, I've done pretty well. I'm successful. I'm a good person. But when Jesus and the word and the Holy Spirit, when it convicts us, and it says, wait, you know what? You do all these things, but uh, you, you, you idolize your wealth. Love God more than that. And when you say, no, I can't. Or you, you idolize your, your, you know, the God of you. Hey, I want my time. I, I work so many days a week. I, I don't, I don't want to have to go to the gathering. I don't want to have to sit down and study the word. I'm a good person. When you stop at that, that shows it. So sometimes, Bobby... As I get ready to pass it to you, sometimes, um, you know, the teachings of Jesus can be tough, can be hard for us to follow. Yeah. But we have to follow them. <clears throat> so uh, this the way you set it up is just perfect. Uh, so you've got Jesus saying uh, not everybody who says, Lord, Lord, only but it's only he who obeys the will. In other words. Uh, we we have to have an obedience. Like there mm-hmm. has to be a a commitment to live the way he says. Uh, I want to explain why th- what we're talking about is the real meaning of faith. But before I do that, because well, because the Bible teaches we're saved by grace through faith. Mm-hmm. So we're saved by what God has provided for us. Uh, through Jesus. It's a free gift. It's by grace, by mercy, by God's kindness. He offers it as a gift, Uh, but we have to receive it by faith. And what is the nature of saving faith? Come come back to that in just a second. 
I want to uh, just make it personal for, for our listeners. So uh, when I was a student at the University of Calgary and uh, trying to make a decision about, uh, at that time, I just thought becoming a Christian is really becoming, it is becoming a Christian, but the Bible refers way more to a disciple, becoming a disciple of Jesus uh, and surrendering to him as Lord. Do you know that uh, the Bible talks about uh, the Lord like 700 times, but it only mentions Jesus as Savior once? Because the reason I'm bringing that up is he's Savior. It can just mention it once and it can mention salvation a bunch of times. But the key thing uh, about it is a lot of people think they can have Jesus as Savior just like trust him for when they die and go to heaven without making him Lord. And, and you can't, they're, they're like together. It's savior and Lord it's redeemer and King. Um, so for me, when I was at the university of Calgary and my French professor was discipling me and I was trying to decide, let me tell you, uh, like the, I, it took me a while to really uh, make a decision. I and mean, here's why. Uh, because when when I started studying the Bible with uh, Professor Jacobs, who became Mac, my friend, um, you know, he, he showed me what the Bible said about sexuality. Like, it's sexual immorality, it's sin to be involved sexually outside being married. Mm. And uh, I was very close to a young lady at, uh, you know, she, you know, I really loved her, and uh, we were intimate, and uh, she had a hard time when I started talking to her about what the Bible said about about sexuality, and our sexual relationship had to change, and, and uh, she didn't want, she, you know, she didn't want me following Jesus. Uh, it meant, like I used to, with my buddies, we used to get drunk regularly, and I really enjoyed it. And I smoked weed. And uh, I realized that if I was going to become a follower of Jesus, I had to stop these things. And uh, it, it was hard. Like, uh, the, that was very sobering to me. I'm going to talk about some other related mm. harder decisions. Like, I had a hard time with what the Bible, what my the guy discipling me said the Bible said about baptism. Mm -hmm. And then I had a hard time with church. Uh, so these were all really difficult decisions. So let me read the passage, Anthony, that ties in with this. Actually, if it's okay, I'll read two. The mm -hmm. first one is Ephesians 2, verse 8. Here's what it says. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God not by works, so that no one can boast. So he says, uh, we're saved by what God does. It's a gift. Uh, we don't earn it, which is all true. But we're saved by grace through faith. The human part is faith. God's part is grace. The human response is faith, inspired by the Holy Spirit, but it's still a partnership. It's still a me. It's, it's like I'm making a decision to surrender to Jesus as Savior, King, and Lord. Um, and then he goes on, the Apostle Paul goes on to thread the needle on how they're tied together. He says, for we are God's handiwork. Like, 
I'm literally the work of God created in Christ Jesus to do good works. I'm not saved by works, but I'm saved to do good works mm-hmm. because that's, that's the faith side of the relationship. So faith in the Bible, we've talked about this before. It's uh, faithfulness, allegiance, loyalty, devotion. It's not just trust or mental assent. It's like I can't say I love my wife and then totally neglect her. Uh, I can't say Jesus is king and then say, well, you're really not king because I'm going to do what I want to do. No, 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 no. When he's king, I surrender. He's the Lord. He rules. I do what he says because he's king and Lord. And to help us with that, Jesus actually described it in Luke chapter 8. And I just want to I want to read this because his words are really piercing, but they show the side of faith where faith, real faith, is a devotion and an obedience connected with trust. Yes, uh, the trust is is uh, central to it, but tr- it's more than trust. Like I said, it's uh, faithfulness, allegiance, devotion. Here's what he said uh, in, in Mark chapter 8. When he called the crowd along to him, uh, along with his disciples, he said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves take up their cross and follow me. So we got to have this, I got to deny me because I'm surrendering to King Jesus. Okay. Then he says this, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me in the gospel will save it. So I had to decide when I was making my decision, uh, and we still have to decide every day, it's not my life. It's not like I don't... I, my relationship with God is not where I just do whatever I want to do. He, He's the Lord. I'm his servant. I do what he says. And if I don't, if I'm not willing to give up my life, the mm-hmm. life I want for me, then I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose my life in eternity because he's really not Lord. And then he says uh, that famous line, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? And what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? So these are these are strong words by Jesus about what it means to be a disciple. And uh, I just think that we we have to help people to like not mince words, not try to be people pleasers, because at the end of the day, we don't want to please them. We want to please the Lord. And to follow Jesus means I follow all of his teachings. Wow, Bobby, that that was a. Uh... That was very rich. Uh, we appreciate you for uh, your transparency there. Just, just really making it real uh, to us uh, how important it is that He is the Lord of our life. Um, Peter says in uh, Acts uh, chapter two when he is giving this uh, this powerful gospel sermon on the day of Pentecost, and as he's speaking to um, the Jews, he says, listen, uh, this Christ that you crucified uh, in verse number 36, he says, this Jesus that you crucified, God made him both Lord and Messiah. And, and what I think is, is so uh, pertinent that you just brought up about that is so often we we just want to hang on to the Messiah part, the Savior part. Um, I think of it in the, the analogy of a ski lift. So when you're standing before a ski lift, 
it comes automatically under you and just kind of scoops you up and takes you up. I think that's what we really want Christ to do is just to come and scoop us up and save us. But but Peter says he's not just that. He is that. Absolutely. But he's not just that. He is both. So at the same time, yes, he is the one that scoops me up and saves me. He's also the Lord of my life. And as we mentioned in in the last episode, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. He he must be number one on your list. If he's not number one, take him off the list. Like he's not going to do this kind of partial stuff. So when he's the Lord of your life and, and being Lord and having the authority as Lord to say, hey, Bobby, you can no longer do this. Okay. <laughs> right? That that well, must well, be our response. Yeah, it 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 the default position and uh next week we're gonna uh share a clip, Anthony, of the fantastic uh speech that you gave at the Renew Gathering on what happened in your baptism, mm-hmm. uh where you said, All right, I you know, I'm dying to self, I'm gonna live for Jesus. Yeah. Uh uh sometimes though it's easier to say that than to do it. Right. Uh, so like somebody said once, you know, if I have to give it all to Jesus today and it's a dramatic decision, can I make the decision? They go, yes. So like, let's say it's, I don't know, 50,000, you know, give it to him. But what if I had to give him a hundred dollars a day here <laughs> and here, and, you know, it's, it's the daily decision and that may not be the best way to describe it, but it's, it's uh, in dramatic moments. It might be easier than like literally every day. Uh, we make that decision. Jesus is my my Lord and my King. Now, can I can I just in case somebody's hasn't been listening the last few weeks? Which, by the way, we want to encourage you to listen. Go back and make sure you've listened because our podcast this season are building uh, one upon the other, but. Uh, I want to talk about why scripture for us is so vital. You see, scripture itself gives this testimony about itself uh, that we talked about in previous weeks. It says, all scripture is God-breathed. So scripture comes from God. And uh, 1 Timothy 3.16 says um, it's useful In other words, the purpose of it is teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So scripture is going to tell me how to live. Sometimes it'll rebuke me. Sometimes it'll correct me. Sometimes it trains me, but it enables me, uh, it says there in 2 Timothy 3.17, to be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And then uh, in the same section, the Apostle Paul goes on, he says, In the presence of God, I will judge of the living and the dead. I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For a time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. But to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Now, I'm bringing this up because... We're living in a time where so many people who claim to be Christians don't want to obey the teachings of Jesus. And Anthony, uh, I just want to say that the common value you and I share 
uh, is that we believe that we obey the Lordship of Jesus specifically, like we follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit and, uh, you know, our intuitive sense of what God wants us to do. But the final authority, the objective authority of what God's will is, is the Word of God. And so for us, the core value is the Lordship or Kingship of Jesus through Scripture. Mm-hmm. We are committed, and we, we say this with great humility because it's easier to say than do, but we are mutually committed to follow the lordship or kingship of Jesus through Scripture, no matter what our culture says, no matter what our friends say, no matter what our spouse says, no matter what our church says, no matter what the pressure of the government or financial institutions or uh, educational institutions. We're going to follow King Jesus no matter what anybody says. He is our Lord, and we will follow his teachings. And that for Renew and for you and me uh, and for the churches we lead, that is a rock-solid core value upon which we stand. Agreed? Oh, yes, sir. Certainly agreed. Um, I I wanted to share this as you're talking about it. you know, you're talking about obeying and, and putting, and being in the posture, being in the spiritual posture to say, hey, I'm going to obey. Paul would say uh, in Philippians chapter two, as he's addressing in, in, in this church, you, you know, Bobby, this church was a kind of a maturing church. You don't hear a lot of rebuke from Paul in the book of Philippians. You hear a lot of encouragement. And in one of the encouragements that Paul gives, he says that God works in us both to will and to do his good pleasure, to will and to act. And and what that simply means, there is a progression that we make. And, and you have detailed it in your life. I, I could share as well in mine, there were points in life where we probably didn't want to do the right thing, right? <laughs> so, yeah. You know what I mean? That's just obvious. So there's I mean, a but progression. the first part is you got you to admit, I don't right. want to do Oh yeah, yeah, right. That's if, that's if you don't admit it, it's gonna you're gonna deceive yourself and come up with a way to explain it away. Certainly. So so that's that's an obvious to say. Okay, I, I didn't I didn't even want to do right. Okay. So going from not wanting to do right to wanting to do right, that's a step. And and there's a lot of people that, but that that's that can also be a problem because there's a lot of people that stay at that step to say. Well, at least I want to do right. You know, I, I'm 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 better than I used to be. You know, at one point I was just outright rebellious, but yeah. now you know I kind of want to do right. But Paul says that God is working in us to not just want to do it, but to actually do Ooh, it. That's good. That's good. <laughs> you know, that's so. So we we move beyond that step to now. I want to do right, and now I start doing right. Yeah. Um, just just wanted to underline that, Bobby. No, I think that's really good. So um, this is such a rich conversation. Let me tell you uh, what the posture I've developed around okay. the hard teachings uh, of Scripture. Okay. Uh, so like when I was deciding uh, to be baptized and surrender my life to Jesus and all the changes that I knew were part of that, like a couple of things, I remember thinking, I, I don't know if I can... Like, I'm going to have to go to church every Sunday. Like, <laughs> I'm going to have to get involved with all these people, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, 
like like I said, I'm gonna not not be sexually involved with a girl, my girlfriend or another girlfriend or anything till I get married. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna get drunk again. And some of those, I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. Like mm-hmm. I I literally said, I don't know if I can do that, but I can do it today, and I'm just gonna trust God with it. Okay. And then uh, as I started spending more time in scripture, let me mention some of the things that I came across and uh, an attitude that I was led to that I'm really grateful for. So like, I don't believe that we can make it on our own. I think the passage you read from Philippians is really important. Mm-hmm. Like we, we're going to have to rely on God to give us the ability to do these things. Mm-hmm. And we, if we try to figure out how we're going to do it in our own power, I, I don't I don't think that's the right thing. I think we got to commit it to God, like really surrender it to Him, and say, Lord, I don't I don't want to do this, but it's in Your Word. I don't know if I can do this, but it's in Your Word. And God, I'm just going to surrender to You and ask You to help me do it, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know, trust God with that. And I found that in my life. God's been so faithful with all of that. Like when I think back on some of the things now, you know, it's like, it's laughable to me. I I couldn't envision not getting drunk. I couldn't envision, you know, uh, being sexually uh, uh, pure till I got married and, and things like that. And uh, you know, God, God ended up helping me with that. Uh, I, I couldn't envision being involved in church regularly. And uh, don't forget, Anthony, I, I just want to that some people think when you're in ministry, you're in ministry all your life. No, no. <laughs> uh, after becoming a, a follower of Jesus, of course, I finished uh, uh, my bachelor's, my master's, my first master's. And I ran my dad's trucking company for five years. And uh, I love being, I learned to love the church, mm. love the people in the church and being involved in the church. But that, that, was, a, that was a big decision. Um, let me pause there because I know you've got something you want to add. And then I want to talk about some of the hard teachings and uh, how to how to approach them. But I'm going to turn it to you first. Yes. So um, another example of this that, that kind of encourages me um, is one that we find in Acts chapter 10 uh, with a man named Cornelius. Um, scripture describes Cornelius similarly to uh, the rich young ruler in that Cornelius was a good guy. Um, the text says in, in Acts chapter 10, um, he and all of his family were devout and God fearing. He gave generously to those Ooh. in need and prayed to God regularly. So, so again, just to note, Here's a man that's leading his family, um, and, and that's a big step, especially in our culture now. Uh, we, we live in a culture where family ministry is, is not uh, prevalent a lot of times. So here's a man who's uh, making sure he and his family are worshiping God. He gave generously, and I know you know you pointed out for you, and it, it has been a journey for me in, in, in taking on that giving posture that God has yeah. in, in his yeah. nature. Cornelius yeah. has those things, but but there's something that was missing in his life. He was not yet baptized. And so God, by way of the Holy Spirit and, and God's own intervention, 
uh, gives him a vision and, and, and at the same time is working with Peter across town. And Peter comes to Cornelius's house and begins to preach the gospel to him. And the scriptures indicate that not only was Cornelius and his family baptized, but even those, some of those who had come with Peter, everybody was baptized. It's like, wow. And and the point that I make with that is this, with the rich young ruler, he's given instruction by God and he just walks away because, you know, that that just challenges me. I'm not ready to obey. But then we see another example of someone who is a good person that doesn't rest on their goodness, but wants to be obedient to God. And when he's given instruction by God, he says, hey, let's do it right now. And so that's where, you know, we are encouraging those who are listening now. uh, Sure, it may be a progression for you to say, hey, man, just last week I was out partying and drunk, etc. It may be a progression for you to say, "Okay, now I want to do right. And that's good. And we're praying for you to want to do right. But then the next step, as Paul would say, both to will and to do. Now we got to start doing right. And it starts, as Bobby detailed with himself, as we find here in Scripture, it starts with saying yes to God. Just, okay, yeah, it doesn't necessarily go with what I want to do. Uh, As Jesus would let us know, it involves denying yourself. But if I just say yes to God and I'm prayerful to God, give me the strength to do what you've called me to do. Bobby, I'm a living testimony. You're a living testimony. He is faithful uh, and he will do it. That's really good, Anthony. So let's talk about some uh, teachings. I'll just be use my own personal example. Uh, and I want to commend a, an approach to those uh, those who are listening with us. So the posture, let me let me describe the approach and then how that this approach has really helped me. The posture that I have is I surrendered my life to Jesus. Uh, when I was baptized, I died to myself and I committed myself to live for King Jesus. So my posture is a posture of surrender and obedience to whatever he teaches. So that's like, that's my goal. That's my desire. He put that in my heart uh, and he nurtures it. Now, let me mention some teachings that initially were difficult for me. Uh, So, for example, one of the teachings uh, is that I came across uh, about divorce, what the Bible says about divorce. Mm. Uh, If you want to look at Matthew 19, uh, if you want, and just read that. Um, So my parents at that time uh, were going to go through a divorce. They were trying to follow Jesus. And I remember having had the hard conversations with my mom. If you're going to follow Jesus, here's what it says about divorce. And it says that the only grounds of divorce is uh, if your spouse uh, uh, commits uh, sexual immorality. Could possibly also include, by the way, uh, desertion. Like when you're married to somebody and they desert you, the odds are they're getting uh, with somebody else. Um, Mm. But that was a very hard teaching. Uh, We've already talked about, uh, well, let me use another example. 
the Bible teaches that in marriage, that the husband is the head of the wife. Uh, that's Ephesians chapter 5. It says that the husband in the marriage relationship, the husband uh, is like Jesus and the wife is like the church. And the church is to follow Jesus, but Jesus lays his life down for the church. <clears throat> and that's very offensive to uh, feminist ideas. Like that, that mm. sounds like misogynism and patriarchy and all of that. And there are Christians who try to explain it all away by saying, oh, head means source. It doesn't. The, the original language didn't. And there's no way that you can make Jesus and the church interchangeable and mutually submissive to each other. The church doesn't tell Jesus what, you know, the church doesn't say sometimes Jesus follow me. No, no, the church always follows Jesus. So that, that's a difficult teaching. So uh, I mentioned divorce. I mentioned uh, male leadership uh, in the home. Uh, I want to talk about the Bible teaches that we need to associate with um, like lower class people or uh, people that might be very different than us socioeconomically uh, or the, the Bible teaches uh, in the church, for example, only men are to be the main preacher teachers in the church. These are very difficult for our modern ears and eyes to come across. So here's a, a habit that I developed. I think the Lord led me in it. The first thing I do when I come across a teaching that might be difficult is that I, I say, okay, here's what it says. Then the second thing I say is, I want to make sure I fully understand what it's saying. My desire is to obey it no matter what. Hmm. I just want to make sure I understand what it's saying so that uh, I have zeal, but it's zeal based on knowledge. Mm. Um, so, for example, let me give you one it was hard. I remember when I first came across this teaching, uh, I was actually in a Greek class because I started studying Greek short, shortly after I followed Jesus. Like within a year, I was studying Greek and uh, was talking, for example, in the local church about you know male leadership. And I remember writing in the margin of my Bible, this is not going to sell well back home. And uh, it was like, well, so it was like, okay, I'm going to obey everything because that's what it means to make Jesus king. But I want to make sure I understand this and then I can explain it. And I will tell you everything I had a problem with when I came to really understand as best I could, I didn't have a problem with. Now, I think we should obey even when we don't understand. Mm -hmm. uh, we Like we obey and say, God, help me to understand better. Mm -hmm. But when we understand uh, and take the time with it, it makes obedience uh, even deeper. Now, Anthony, let me mention something that may be hard for many of our listeners, and that's what the Bible says about LGBTQ plus issues. Uh, so we want to commend Romans chapter one, as an example, there's other passages and no doubt we'll have a future podcast where we'll get into this in more detail. But so many people today uh, have been won over to fully accepting uh, gay, lesbian and transgender lifestyles. And uh, and so they, they believe in it and they're committed to it. They may have celebrated Pride Month 
and for them, it's a social justice issue. Well, when you start to read scripture, you're going to see that scripture says those are sinful lifestyles. Mm-hmm. And that those who follow Jesus uh, won't do them. It's sexual immorality. They have to be repented of. Um, and that can be really difficult. So I just want to say uh, the posture is Jesus is king. The posture should be I want to understand. Uh, with understanding, for example, on, on this issue, nowhere does the Bible say that the orientation or homosexual uh, desire is sinful, but the Bible does say the activity is. Mm. So, uh, you know, again, I don't want to get into it too much right now, and a lot of people may want to turn off the podcast. I hope you don't, because I hope that you really do want to make Jesus Lord, and you're willing to look at what it teaches. But there's so many issues like this, and I just think we have to have the posture coming out of our baptism. Hey, I died to myself. I'm going to live for King Jesus. Secondly, I want to understand what he says. I'll obey it even if I don't fully understand it. But I want to understand it to understand and fully obey. Mm. And I have just found that God's changed me on all those things. There was a bunch of teachings I didn't like. I didn't want to do it. Didn't want to agree with it. Didn't want to be identified with it. But I had committed to the kingship of Jesus. And I've come to see that I've got to obey all of them. And I want to obey all of them now. It's like, I see the wisdom of God. I think that even on these things I've mentioned, and hopefully we'll have time to dive into them. We sure dive into them at renew.org, that God's way is the best. It's for our best, because he's a good God. And his commands, although they're different than what human beings may think, they're still for our best, because God loves us and it's his best for us, and we're fools to reject his word and his teaching on difficult teachings. Wow. Bobby, thank you for uh, your love for Jesus, uh, for your passion, um, and for your commitment to obey. Um, as you point out, it's, it's not always easy. Uh, as a matter of fact, it is quite difficult because of our own yeah. tendencies and like I stumble and fall. I don't want to act like I'm, yeah. you know, there's certain areas of my life I'm working on right now, right. but I'm not right. saying, no, it's not true. I'm not right. trying to change what Jesus said to fit my life. I'm just like, Lord, I'm having trouble in these areas. Help right. me. Right. Help me. Uh, me. Sometimes even, even on the journey, as you're pointing out, we have to still cry out to him, Lord, help us. I'm reminded of the father that comes to Jesus and Jesus says, do you believe? He says, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. Like there's parts of me that's still struggling. Um, so we need that. Listen, Bobby, um, as, as always, we remind everyone to uh, check us out at renew.org. Uh, we've got loads and loads of resources there to help you on your journey. Uh, that that deal with all of these uh, hard teachings and encouraging teachings and corrective teachings and all the like. Uh, so be sure to check us out if you want to hit our landing page, renew.org slash media. Hey, Anthony, before people go, I want to I want to set everybody up for our next session. 
Awesome. So, so we're going to talk about baptism. I brought it up a couple of times. It's such a big turning point in my life and in my family and all of that. And uh, we recently had our Renew Gathering. Our Anthony Walker <laughs> hit the ball out of the park. Uh, we had uh, like eight main stage speakers. And we always do a survey feedback afterwards. And they said the most uh, uh, impactful talk was the one that Anthony Walker gave on baptism. So we're going to talk about baptism, and we're going to feature your 15-minute TED-style talk on baptism. So make sure you tune in next time, everyone. Praise God. Praise God. We'll see you all on next time here on Scripture in Black and White.